Yeah, well, hello there. Welcome to Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show, broadcasting live from Salford City. I'm Richie Allen. Surprise, surprise. Hope you've had a good Wednesday. I'd love to hear from you on the programme via the app, via the website, richieallen.co.uk. Let's do the show. I have two very interesting ladies uh, to chat with and for you to hear this afternoon. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host... Richie Allen. Yes, referendums in Ireland next month are very important. Uh, Two very important referendums will take place on International Women's Day next month. And they might have very severe consequences or implications for women in Ireland and for families. We'll speak about that with Mandy Gall. I'm looking forward to chatting with Mandy. She's uh, an Irish Freedom Party candidate in local elections in Sligo. And we connected over... Twitter, I believe. She's an interesting lady and would like to talk to us about these referendums. Referenda. So Mandy will be on. And you won't believe this, but later on, and it's been a long time, it's been a long time, an old friend of mine, Alana Freeland, will return to the programme. God, it's over 10 years since I first spoke with Alana. It's been several years since she was last on the programme. She is an author and researcher and broadcaster, much more besides. Alana will join me in hour two. Wednesday's programme, your Richie Allen show, live from BBG Towers here in the heart of the wonderful Salford. We're all very excited in Salford because this weekend signals the return of the Super League, Rugby League. And for the first time ever, your BBG has a season ticket. Yes, I do. I got a season ticket, and so did my mate Terry, Tez. So we're looking forward to the old rugby this coming season. I don't know if I'll jinx the whole thing, you know. If it's uh, curtains for Salford, Red Devils, I've no idea. I'll be blamed, I suppose. If it all goes belly up, it might do too, because some of our better players have left and gone to our to our rivals. But we won't talk about sport because this isn't a sports programme. No, it's not. Listen, I'm so glad that Dr. Marcus de Bruyne, who was on the programme on Monday, a fantastic gentleman, Marcus, I'm so glad I'm in touch with him on Twitter because he tweeted something and I thought, you have to hear this. It was leaders' questions yesterday afternoon in the Dáil where the Irish TDs Members of Parliament, TDs, Chuck Dodola, they get to ask the leader, Leo Varadkar, yes, questions. Just like in the House of Commons, they have Prime Minister's questions. So Michael McNamara, TD, Member of Parliament, he had a bone to pick. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist the pun. He had a bone to pick with the Irish Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. Feast your ears. Thanks very much, Taoiseach. Uh, your government has consistently reiterated Ireland's obligations, legal obligations under international law, both international law and European law, to asylum seekers and those fleeing persecution. Indeed, we have an obligation under the Temporary Protection Directive to accommodate uh, persons from the Ukraine. However, it emerged last week that €808,000 was spent on pets uh, from the Ukraine in this state. What? <laughs> you, you spent what? On Ukrainian pets? What? However, it emerged last week that €808,000 was spent on pets uh, from the Ukraine in this state. Maybe. What kind of fuckery is this? 
€100,000 on pets. Well, the pets can see the upside. <laughs> right? 800000 There are people in Ireland who've got nothing. Oh, this one is a strange one for me because I, I happen to love animals and pets. He goes on, does Michael McNamara, to explain it in more detail. Eight hundred grand on transporting Ukrainian people's pets from Ukraine to Ireland. What's going on? I thought there was some sort of quarantine thing regarding rabies, but apparently not. Uh, 248, a contract for 248,000 for accommodation, almost 500,000 for transport. is a Tinder <laughs> process sought from the Department of Agriculture uh, for tenders for the transportation of, of pets from the Ukraine from point of arrival in the state to where they would be accommodated. Now, Tishak, I don't know, can you point me to any, I've had a look and I don't see it, but can you point me to anywhere in international law or European law? Anywhere in the law now that says that despite our international obligations to help asylum seekers, is there any clauses in any of those treaties we signed that says we have to bring their pets to... Where there's an obligation to accommodate or transport pets. Uh, not people, but their pets. But their pets. Uh, and if not, Taoiseach, can you, will you do stand over that spending <laughs> and what to be done about it? Thank you, Deputy. Thank you, Deputy. Thank, thank you, Deputy. You've had your time. Sit down and shut up. Taoiseach, tell us about the pets. What do you know? Thanks, Deputy. To, to, be, to be honest, I'm, I'm not aware of that, um, but I'll certainly make, make inquiries. It is... Uh, uh, not something that's been brought to my attention today. All right, Deputy Alan Dillon. I'm not aware of it, says uh, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. Arnie. Come on, don't bullshit me. He must be aware of it. I mean, it's nearly a million euro. He must be aware of it. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> he, must, he must be aware of it. Anyway. Yeah. Gaslighting. I, it's a term we use all the time. They're laughing in people's faces now. You know, there, there, there is no place to fit the... The, the many men, mostly young men, it must be said, who, who come to the country, there are little tent cities growing up around certain Irish cities, Dublin, little tent cities full of, full of people who've come from, you know, other parts of the world. But yeah, Ukraine, I'd love to know just how crazy this story does get. I mean, if the Irish press was, was any good, they'd really dig down into this and find out, like, how ridiculous is it? Are we talking hamsters, are we? Are we talking gerbils? Are we talking exotic pets like, like, what are those pets called? You know, iguanas. There you are, iguanas. The ones that you put little t-shirts on them with their sunglasses and all of that. Laughing in people's faces. Hey, listen, this being said, a part of me thinks the pets are not to blame here. And pet, you know, abandonment, abandonment syndrome might be a real thing. Our pets, they don't do too well when they are separated from us. So a part of me thinks, oh, you can't blame the poor pets, so maybe it's a good idea to take them, to take them back to Ireland from Ukraine. Mother of God. Hey, this one is interesting. Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, Mr. Ulez, was a deep fake victim last year. Do you remember, do you remember this? Before, it was about November time, I think, he was a deep fake victim. It was around the protests around what's going on in Gaza. Anyway, listen to the BBC tell the story. I find this very interesting. BBC deepfake story. You won't believe who's um, looking into it. Mariana Spring, the BBC's disinformation 
officer, if you please. Well, we are, of course, set to have a general election here this year, with big elections elsewhere around the world, including in India and the US. There's plenty of concern about the way artificial intelligence and deep fakes could be abused and used to spread mistruths during the campaigns. In fact, it has already happened last year. An AI-generated fake audio clip of the London mayor, Sadiq Khan, was shared hundreds of thousands of times online. The clip was so convincing that it inflamed protests in the real world. Our disinformation and social media correspondent Mariana Spring reports. Last November, Sadiq Khan was the target of a deep fake audio recording. I control the Met Police. They will do as the Mayor of London tells them and obey orders. It was deliberately made to give the impression that I'd said what I hadn't said, but it, was, it looked. It was deliberately made the deep fake to wind up the pro-Palestinian supporters. It was, made, uh, it was made to look like Khan was saying that he could get rid of these protesters if he chose to get rid of these protesters. But in fact, it wasn't him. It was a artificial intelligence generated impression of Khan, right? And sounded so authentic. You know, we did get concerned very quickly about what impression... Yeah, the reason it sounded so authentic, dickhead, is because you are a robot in any case. If you weren't so much of a robot and a system server, it might have been more difficult for the AI-generated bot to sound just like you. But we get the, we get the point here. This is not good, they're saying. If, if deepfakes can be generated to make it look like people are saying things they're not saying, keep this in mind. May create. The timing explains why the clip went viral. Whether or not a pro-Palestinian march should take place on Saturday the 11th of November, Armistice Day, was a source of political tension. The march went ahead, but there were concerns the faked clip fanned tensions at a counter-protest. We almost had serious disorder that weekend. As it was, were you know, elements of the far right there. The far right. <laughs> Police officers were injured, arrests were made. But just imagine in a different scenario where there's more toxicity. Different scenario, more toxicity. So the reason I played you this clip from BBC News 24 today is to ask you what's going on here. Is this predictive programming? Is this planting a seed, again, post-hypnotic suggestion, to, you know, to generate an excuse in the future to introduce internet shutdowns if a deep fake is on the loose? Imagine they said, just before the presidential election in the United States in November, I don't know if a date has been allocated for November's presidential election. It might already have been decided which day, and in which case I look a bit stupid. Maybe I should know this, but anyway, I don't, right? So imagine if in late October they start whinging about a deep fake, which might, something that is out there, which is completely untrue and could sway the election, so we could, you know, maybe shut down the internet for a bit. Now, that sounds wildly implausible. I understand you. Maybe not. But maybe not shut down the internet, but shut down maybe Twitter maybe for a bit. Just for a little bit. With the, with the blessing of Elon Musk maybe. Or, or they are planting the seed now about deepfakes so they can deny saying certain things in the future. Imagine. So they say or do things which are terrible. And they come back to us and say, well, I didn't say that at all. But I saw you. I saw you on the telly. No, that was a deep fake. Wasn't me, Gov Honest Engine. It was a deep fake. Anyway, you let me know. Share your thoughts with me. This is the Richie Allen Show Wednesday's programme, Valentine's Day, here in the UK and everywhere else around the world. So McCarthyism then. I've got to talk about this. I've no choice because it's important. 
I did the papers podcast this morning, as I ordinarily do these days, talked about McCarthyism. If you don't know McCarthyism and what it was about, the communist witch hunts in the United States in the 1950s, you shouldn't be listening to me. So I'm not going to explain it. But anyway, it's going after people based on, you know, your belief or your claim that they are traitors, effectively, or that they are dangerous, or anyway, right, McCarthyism. So the Telegraph newspaper admitted today, bragged about it, that it is trolling through the social media accounts of Labour people, not just Labour MPs, but they're really looking at Labour MPs, but Labour councillors at local level and Labour activists, they are on the hunt for anti-Semites, okay, to hand the information to Keir Starmer, who can then kick them out of the Labour Party. And the Telegraph named about five or six Labour people today, including MPs, and said that there were some serious problems with some of their, some of their likes on Twitter. Some of their likes. Some of their likes. We've gotten into this before. This is mad stuff. Let me see if I can bring uh, the BBC News website up because the BBC and everybody else is all over this today. Okay. So, the Shadow Defence Secretary, John Healy, so if Labour gets in, he'll be the Defence Secretary. He'll be, excuse me, the Secretary of State for Defence. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. And he said Labour will act to block people not fit to be MPs. Okay. So we heard about Azar Ali, who the who will be Labour's candidate in the Rochdale by election, even though they've disowned him. And we've heard about another MP today, um, Graham Jones, or another would-be MP, Graham Jones, the Labour candidate in the Hindburn constituency. He used an expletive to describe Israel. He basically said, fucking Israel. And then he said that British people who travelled overseas to fight for the IDF in uh, Gaza, well, they should be locked up. He's been suspended for this. And this is all over the place. This McCarthyism. Looking for people who essentially have criticised another state, a foreign government. Imagine. Did you criticise a foreign government? You did. Yeah, you're, you're gone. You're out on your arse. So this is a big deal, I think. It's out in the open now. It's been happening to people, including your presenter, uh, over the years, kicked off, you know, banned from PayPal and stuff like that for having certain opinions, certain worldviews. But um, what was interesting this morning was, much to the annoyance of Nick Ferrari, um, otherwise known as Jabba the Hunt, he's a breakfast presenter for LBC Radio, much to his annoyance today, a Jewish man got on air. Now don't for a minute think this was, it wasn't, this was a complete accident I was listening. Jewish bloke got on air, and this Jewish bloke is pissed off at all of this, here he is. To be honest, I find it very frustrating that uh, anti-Semitism is being weaponized and used against people who criticise Israel. As a Jew myself, I know what genuine anti-Semitism is. And it's a persecution of Jews and Muslims, etc. Have a semi, uh, you know what I mean, races, etc. Yeah, for yeah, being Jewish. Yeah. Criticising the state of Israel for the genocide and war crimes they've committed against Palestinians for 75 years is not anti-Semitism. And I am sick of that term being used when... It, it suits people when the goalposts being moved on it. Just good man just for the simple fact of criticising a state. Obviously, what happened on October the seventh was horrendous, but it is a result of seventy-five years of persecution and lack of freedom for a, for a people that 
lived in the land and that us as the Brits gave without any, you know what I mean? And the French? Permission or any kind of... He's not happy at all, is he, Ferrari? Listen to him. You can watch the clip on LBC's own Twitter channel. He's really not happy. And there's very little the dickhead can do about it. Because the guy is Jewish. He wants to get rid of him, but he can't. Jewish guy is saying what happened on October 7th is a direct result of 75 years of brutal occupation. In his opinion, right? That's his opinion. And uh, I'm tired of people weaponizing anti Semitism. He said, I'm tired of it. I've had enough of it now. You know? And uh, Ferrari's, mm, yes, mm, he's boiling. Is Ferrari boiling? Etc. And it's just very, very frustrating that... But, but for the student at university in Manchester or Nottingham or Leeds or wherever, it's not fair to that young person, is it? They weren't involved. No, they weren't yeah, on, of course. And if you are a student and... You- By the way, Ferrari is referring to students who claim to be Jewish who are a bit upset because they go to uni and in a tiny corner of the university, there's a handful of pro-Palestine activists wa- waving the Palestinian flag. And this concerns the Jewish students. Oh, my God. Something has to be done about this blatant anti-Semitism. I'll tell you what you'll do. Ignore the people waving the Palestinian flag and just go to your fucking lecture. It couldn't be any simpler. That's what Ferrari is referring to. Claims that Nottingham University and Manchester University are not safe for Jewish people. What they mean by not safe is they mean trigger warning not safe. They mean that there are people there who disagree with them. And of course that's to assume that the Jewish people support Israel's genocide in Gaza which I believe most Jewish people don't support. Anyway. You're being persecuted for being Jewish or facing backlash as a result of what Israel's doing, then of course it's not right. But even a lot of people in the Jewish community ourselves, like, we are even shamed for criticising Israel for what we're doing. And we're labelled as self-hating Jews just because we don't like the fact that they are committing genocide in our name. Wonderful. We're called self-hating Jews because we oppose the genocide but to be fair to the caller, I would have said, they're not doing it in your name. You're Jewish. Jewish, a, a Judea, your Jewishness has nothing to do with Zionism. Nothing to do with it. You know, the stated aims of Zionism. So that's what I would have said to him. So these idiots calling yourself hating Jews are morons. You know, Netanyahu is not Jewish. Do you really think Netanyahu believes in God? Honestly, do you really believe that? That he has a, an understanding of the Torah or the Bible? Honestly, really. Obviously not. He doesn't. He's a madman. But then he's only a puppet, really, of another madman in the shadows, whose name I have no idea. It's 18 minutes past the hour. Let's stay briefly with this, because James O'Brien on LBC actually did something interesting today. You know how the right-wing press, the Telegraph and the Daily Mail, are out to destroy Labour Party people who have criticised Israel. Listen briefly to James O'Brien. This is actually good work. We must give credit where credit is due. When we criticise people, lampoon them, mock them, denigrate them, when they do something noteworthy, it must be noted, right? So here's James O'Brien. I'm just reading about another Labour candidate who has invoked some of the oldest and most pernicious anti-Semitic stereotypes in a book that he wrote. So James O'Brien has found a book written by a Labour guy and the book contains pernicious anti-Semitic tropes. Um, When he was a councillor, he describes Jewish oligarchs who run the media and who fiddle the figures to fix elections in their favour. There's even a character in this book, a Jewish character called Sammy Katz, who he describes as having a proud nose and curly hair before painting him as a malevolent, stingy, snake-like Jewish businessman who exploits immigrant workers for profit. 
Um, it turns out this this Labour candidate also used to publish a local newspaper where one of his columnists actually boasted about being an anti-Semite. Who could it be who could have published a local newspaper? and printed a colleague who boasted about being anti-Semitic, who could have talked about Jewish people with big noses. Which Labour person is it? As well as arguing that black people have lower IQs than white people. No way! Who did this? And praising Enoch Powell as a great man. This Labour candidate defended that columnist by calling him a distinguished... Oh, sorry. You can see this coming, right? It's not a Labour candidate at all. It's Boris Johnson. It's Johnson. (laughs) This is a brilliant point being made by James O'Brien to give him his due. This is a brilliant point. Johnson is guilty of all of the above. None of this was satire by Johnson. He did refer to Jewish people and black people in those terms. Not a peep from the conservative media about it as the McCarthy uh, witch hunts or McCarthy-esque witch hunts continued today. They troll, they troll, they see Cian Low for evidence of anything said by a Labour person that was uh, in any way anti-Israeli. But Boris Johnson said some crazy shit in his time. The former Tory Prime Minister, who many people currently baying for the blood of Labour candidates secretly recorded expressing anti-Semitic, unacceptable anti-Semitic views. Uh, give over, O'Brien, will you? Azar Ali didn't express anti-Semitic views. He said that he believed the Israelis might have known that something was coming and they turned their backs on it because it gave them the currency to do what they're doing in Gaza. I'm not saying he was right, I'm saying that's what he meant. There's nothing anti-Semitic or Jew-hating about that. Are also calling to be reinstalled as a senior politician in the United Kingdom. Good point, James O'Brien, yes. The same people who are going after the Labour MPs, councillors, activists, are the same people campaigning for the return of Boris Johnson to what you might call frontline politics. Excellent point. We'll give O'Brien a clap on the back for that. This is the Richie Allen Show. It is broadcasting from Salford live every Monday to Thursday at four o'clock UK time with me, Richie Allen. In a few minutes time, I'm looking forward to speaking with Mandy Gall, who's standing for the Irish Freedom Party in Sligo in forthcoming local elections. Mandy's going to chat with us about the referendums or referenda, depending on your choice which will happen on International Women's Day next month in Ireland, which a lot of people in Ireland believe are important and they believe that people should vote no, not to change the constitution. We'll talk about this with Mandy. And later on, Alana Freeland, is, Alana Freeland will join me again for the first time in a long time. And it's a, a wonderful bit of, it's a wonderful bit of synchronicity, really, if I can say synchronicity. Because Alana reached out to me to say, Richie, how are you? It's been ages and ages. I said, it has. Wow, how are you? Let's get you back on. And in that time, we began to hear from listeners talking about geoengineering. So, yes, it's very timely. Alana will uh, join me in the second hour. Now, I'm going to take a tune. When I come back, I'll read a few of your comments, but I'm pressed for time today. And then we'll say hello to Mandy and Sligo. So we will. It is the Richie Allen Show. And it's Wednesday's programme, the 14th of February, St. Valentine's Day. This is Midnight Oil. Yeah, 25 and a half minutes past the hour of uh, 4 o'clock, the Richie Allen Show Wednesday's programme. Let me read you this. Now, two referendums to change Ireland's constitution regarding gender and family will be held on March 8th. Okay, that's only three or so weeks away. The Irish government says that a yes vote in these referendums 
will provide for a wider concept of family and women's role in society. The Irish Prime Minister, the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, said the amendments will reinforce the fact that Ireland is modern, inclusive, a modern inclusive nation, one which strives to treat and care for all of its people equally. So the general scheme of this, right, the 39th Amendment of the Constitution Bill, or the Family Amendment, it proposes to insert the words whether founded on marriage or on other durable relations, okay, relationships, whether founded on marriage or on other durable relationships. Now, the current protection afforded to families under the Constitution, as it is written currently, only extends to married families. These proposals extend, uh, would extend this constitutional right to other lasting relationships and would put them on an equal footing with married families, according to the government. Now, the general scheme of the 40th Amendment of the Constitution, Bill the Care Amendment, proposes to delete the wording. In particular, the state recognises that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. They want to take that out and they want to insert the state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reason of the bonds that exist among them gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provision. So you understand that. It's pretty straightforward. Two referendums this coming March. Delighted to welcome to the programme program Mandy Gall. Mandy is um, a representative of, she is standing for uh, the Irish Freedom Party in the forthcoming local elections in the country in Sligo. Let's welcome her to the programme. Hello Mandy, how are you? Welcome. Nice to meet you. Hi, hi Richie and, and to your listeners, how are you? I'm great. Um, Thanks for coming on. Mandy, Mandy Gall, which people say Gall a lot. I know like Gall, not Gallbladder, it's Gall as in Gallagher. Oh, so thanks I for just, correcting uh, me, Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for correcting oh, me, yeah. um, Sorry. Um, well, before I say anything, I um, just want to apologise in advance um, because people probably will be confused because we're all confused here um, in Ireland at the minute. Uh, with these two referenda that we, we're asked, we've been asked to vote on. And yes, the Irish Freedom Party and myself, we are advocating a no-no for both both amendments, a no-no. Um, there's just a lot, every every hour something new comes up, Richie, more confusion, uh, confusion added to this um, whole thing. So like um, yesterday we had, or two days ago, sorry, we had our Minister for Culture, um, Catherine Martin, um, on X, um, uh, doing a post relating to the referendum, stating that a woman's place was in the home and she was community noted by X for that. I'm not sure has she deleted that uh, tweet yet or a post, but I mean for a minister to be community noted because a woman's place is not in the home, according to our constitution or according to anyone in Ireland. Um, a Supreme Court judge has ruled that it does not state that a woman's place is in, in the home. And the Electoral Commission themselves have said that the constitution does not state that a woman's place is in the home. And I mean, some media outlets were framing this referendum as the, the, the woman's, uh, woman's place in the home referendum. Right, I'm with so you. you. can see, you can it's see confusing. that the ordinary people, ordinary it is, people who... It's confusing, I mean, Mandy. Can I ask it? But, but a lot of women, I suppose, would it be fair to say that the women of Ireland have 
a choice in 2024. They can choose to remain at home and raise the children and build the home or they they can choose not to do that and go to work and provide childcare. So a lot of people outside of Ireland don't understand like why the need for this referendum. I mean, is there we can't see the problem. Where is the problem we can't see looking in from well, outside? Well, well, us on the uh, us on the no side can't see the issue either. If anything, it's it's um, back in 1937 when when the constitution was drafted, it was to recognise and to put women and mothers on a pedestal, basically, Richie. Do you know? And that's where they should remain. I mean, you have the National Women's Council. Um, I saw a video of them talking about this referendum and they 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 had the audacity to say basically that we're all chained to the kitchen sink and we're not free to roam like the men and of that's Ireland. not true Mandy that's obviously not and true that's the, that, that's why there's no issue women can do what women choose to do in Ireland there is I can't see the issue I agree with you and 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 Richie also <laughs> the, the, they were women saying this on a extremely high salaries we've had two female presidents of ireland there's i mean really and truly there shouldn't be anyone to vote for a, a yes vote the only ones i see if it was if it, if it was a vote on twitter or x it would be defeated in the morning richie but it is our job um who whoever is on x and seeing the truth and um, to just to spread the word in our wider circles you know and and to um share share the posts and just to to wake people up because they are listening to the media they're listening to the likes of the national women's council um it's it's absolutely shocking actually it is a bit and, mad, then the, isn't it? and then the other side the, the other amendment uh, the durable relationships of the family amendment i mean that's absolutely a can of worms well, can I, mean, I can I can no I just in, can I can I can I interject on this, Mandy? If you don't mind, Mandy Gall is our guest. Yeah. Mandy is a, um, she's standing for the Irish Freedom Party in forthcoming local elections. The party is advocating a no no vote in the forthcoming re- 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 referendums. I want to say again, look, um, I, I'm, I'm a, a, an old trade unionist. I'm, I'm a liberal, I suppose it's fair to say. I'm a live and let live yeah. guy. But I also like to see myself as a bit of a pragmatist. Like I've looked at what Leo Varadkar has said and the Irish government has said. You know, they've said, let me just bring it up here because it's important. Um, yeah. This idea that we need to change the language around the family um, to include this durable relationships again i can't see the problem and i tell you why i can't see the problem i can't see the need for the referendum is because ireland is one of the most tolerant societies on planet earth in ireland we have gay um, and lesbian couples living together in some cases they're raising children and there is no problem i can't see how gay and lesbian couples in ireland are in any way disadvantaged or are missing out on things that may be married you know straight couples which are the norm i mean the majority people are in heterosexual um, relationships and marriages. I just don't see what they're missing out on so that we need to change the bloody referendum. I can't get my head round it. Well, they're not missing out on anything, Richie, and neither are single parents. You yeah. know, I mean, it's absolutely stunning. I'm stunned as, as to what's going on. I'm stunned every morning I wake up. Um, we have a um, durable relationships that nobody can define. Um, that the Taoiseach has has agreed this wording. Okay, now um, he said two days ago that people right they're trying to, they're trying to tell us that it's nothing to do with immigration or family reunification of asylum seekers. Okay, and he said uh, Taoiseach said the other day uh, it's a red herring. Anyone who who links this uh, referendum with immigration, it, it's a red herring. But we have his own minister Neil Richmond 
two or three weeks ago on national TV, said exactly that it is relating to immigration and family reunification. So, I mean, for our young people to go and vote for this, um, they have to really see I mean, immigration, there is a link with getting a house in the future with immigration. Can I stop you, Mandy? Can I, can I tell you two things, by the way? First of yeah. all, I'm not the mainstream media, so you've got loads of time or all the time you need. Yes, so I'm not going to right. interrupt. So just keep that in mind, right? I'm not going to Thanks. kick you off in three minutes, not at all. Mandy Gall right. is our guest. Um, so I'm going to challenge this because I haven't seen any evidence of it. So you have to explain it to me. Some people are concerned that changing the constitution in the ways we've described will make it easier for this government and future governments um, to, you know, to, to maintain an open door migration policy. Now, there's no mention of migration in the wording of the change to the constitution. So can you explain to me why people are okay. concerned? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, okay, because as it states now, the constitution recognises the family as the natural, primary and fundamental unit group of society. That's how it stands now. They want us to change it, to vote yes, to say whether the family, whether founded on marriage or on other durable relationships. Now, you, you, you have to ask, what do they mean by durable relationships? And we have the Electoral Commission stating at the beginning of this um, campaign that durable relationship could mean if, if a couple receives a Christmas card or a wedding invitation. So that's absolutely shocking, Richie. I mean, where does it end then? Who, what is a durable relationship? But um, we have a minister, Minister Neil Richmond, who came on the Virgin Media show a couple of weeks ago and said this was critical to pass this um, referendum because it would create a chain migration um, and it would it relates to family reunification of, of asylum seekers. Right. So, you know, so it, he said it himself. Taoiseach now comes two days ago and says that's a red herring. But it's not because his own minister has, has said it. And we have our, um, I don't know, do you remember the uh, Justice Minister, uh, Michael McDool? Do you remember him? Oh, I do uh, indeed. He, I interviewed him many years ago. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very, very good. He's trying to desperately to get the word out. They are running circles around him. He's looking for 64 pages of minutes of meetings between the government and an NGO, one of our 33,000 NGOs in the country who get 7 billion nearly a year, taxpayers, uh, taxpayers' money. Anyway, one of those NGOs have meetings and there's 64 pages of minutes that they will not release. And poor Minister McDool, um, he said that uh, it looks like in the public interest, it, it requires that the public are to be kept in the dark. And is that's there, the public. Mandy, are there laws back home that would eventually compel the government to release such minutes? Oh, I, I, well, well, it won't be before it won't be before the crucial vote, Richie. Do you know? We'd probably right. get the minutes afterwards, afterwards, and that's too late then. So, I mean, the uh, young people listening, or if they hear, or if anyone is listening, and they can just spread the word to the young people. This has um, consequences like a durable relationship. Okay, if they're saying it could be if you get a Christmas card as a couple. Okay, what about young people who cohabit? Okay, and next thing they break up even after a couple of weeks. There could be implications. They could be um, inheritance implications. You know, um, it's unbelievable what this is opening. So I would say voting yes is voting for a can of worms, Richie. Let me ask and you I this, Mandy. Say, Sorry, let me yes. let me ask you this. I've had some of your colleagues on this program in the past, um, uh, speaking about various issues, and we we've chatted. And I put to them, and I'll put to you, um, and this is not you know a saucy cheeky question, but I've got to do it. Look, I know that 
Um, I, I, I don't know anything about you. I mean, you'll speak for yourself. But I know mm. that where, where the Irish Freedom Party is concerned um, and, and other parties that would be, you know, national parties and um, putting Irish people first, I have no problem with that at all. But yeah. they would be Christian people. And again, you know, I've, I've never uh, had any downer on... I, I'm, I'm an agnostic guy myself. I have nothing against Christian people. I admire the Christian people I know. But your opponents would say, look, Mandy, when it comes down to it, a lot of your colleagues, where this durable relationships is concerned, what, what, a lot of it is to do with, you know, you, you might be uncomfortable around gay and lesbian men and women. And that, that charge will be thrown at the Irish Freedom Party and other nationalist parties. Um... What do you say to that? You know, that your real concern is about same-sex couples and gay marriage and stuff like that. What would be your response? Well, absolute nonsense, first of all. That is not true. Um, We already have gay marriage in Ireland. As you said, we're the most liberal country. Uh, This does not change anything got to do with gay people. This is, um, uh, well, Richie, okay, if they want to be so inclusive, as they're saying, then bring everybody into the loop, but leave mothers and women in it. Yeah. So that so it's nothing to do with inclusivity. So that's that's a that is a red herring. Sorry, Richie. Fair enough, man. You <laughs> know, no, I've got to put it to you. So tell us. Yes. So if they change the wording around women and they move it out, what are the possible implications for women? As make it as simple as you can for the likes of me to understand. So they they, they well, take women out. What could that mean then in the future? Well, I'm I'm no expert, as I said, Richie. But um, well, would it have implicate? Well, none of us know actually. But would it have implications on maternity leave? Would it have implications on um, uh, child benefit? How do we know? Nobody knows. Nobody can answer. Yeah. Uh, to me, they need to halt, especially with the missing minutes. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, they need to halt. They need to go back to the drawing board include all sorts of families if they like, but absolutely not remove women and mothers. I've had an idea, Mandy. Absolutely not. I've had an idea. I think one of the the, the potential problems with removing mothers and women is that um, Ireland was, I don't want to say it was founded on the idea, but it was enshrined in us as Irish people that the mum ran the homestead, mum was in charge, mum raised the family, mum raised the kids, and there was a protection under our constitution that mum should be able to do this and that she shouldn't be impoverished for doing it. And there was always going yes. to be state support for this. I could see an issue further down the road that if you, do, if, if, if you change the wording and took mothers and women out, that, that, that's something that could change in the future. That a woman who says, well, I am going to stay at home, I am going to raise my children and I might need some state support that that might be withdrawn. So that could be a potential problem in the future, maybe. Correct. Correct, Richie. Yes. And yeah. and apart from that, many other, I would say, an absolute can of worms coming down, down the track. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And people need to check the register a bit before I leave you, Richie. They need to check the register because there's been a, a few cases uh, have contacted me and they've been put off the register after voting for 20, 30 years. So that's major this time. Check the register.ie is the website. Um, just vote no no and if it was me um i would say run to the, <laughs> not only vote no no run that morning to vote no no and tell everyone as you're running we're going to keep mothers and women in the irish constitution hire a minibus hire a minibus and um but um let me see was there anything else i wanted to say about that let's see richie um no just that what we're being asked is is it's just beggar's belief actually beggar's belief oh and 
shockingly enough, they're asking us, as you said at the beginning of the show, on International Women's Day. How ironic. Is that a coincidence, do you think, or is, or is there something more sinister to that? Because I, I, I know... Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but they picked a, a real, uh, real whopper of a day to do it. It's unbelievable. Tell well, me I this, shall be voting no, no. Tell me this, Mandy. And I should be uh, telling everyone. St yeah. Stay with me for five minutes because I'd like to ask your opinion on a couple of other things. Um, yes. So Michael McNamara at Leaders Questions asked, oh, asked, asked about the dogs and the puppies and asked uh, the Taoiseach. He said £800,000 or €800,000. And he said, Leo Varadkar, the Irish Taoiseach, he said, um, I don't know anything about that. Um, look, I, I cover immigration on the show quite a lot. That's kind of untenable, is yes. it not, to say he doesn't know? He, of course, it was in the Daily Mirror. I'm sure one of his many, many advisors goes through the papers every day. Surely. So we'll do it for him. We'll do it for free, Leo. You know, we, we'll do it and we will give you all the updates you need to know as the Taoiseach of the country. Um, listen, the little pets, they're gorgeous and the dogs and you wouldn't want to see them left behind. No. OK, but but to me, I would be going with if I was a TD, fine tooth comb through the whole who who runs the company to bring these dogs over, who was it would it went out for tender and um, I would go with a fine tooth comb with this thing now about the dogs. I mean, there's children with scoliosis in need of scoliosis surgery. They are crying with every breath they take right now. There are homeless families, homeless children. Um, there's no money for this. There's no money for that. Mental health services for children in Donegal cut. We are going through a crisis. The whole nation is, is in an uproar over immigration. There are even immigrants who contact me about it. So um, the, the country is in a bit of chaos and they're, they're going to spend, I don't know how many million on this referendum. And to me, it should be halted right it's now. It's unnecessary, Halt. isn't it? You know, because I would totally challenge... Totally unnecessary. I would challenge somebody who is 10 times further to the left than I am. I would challenge right. that person to tell me why there's any necessity for this. You know, Ireland is a haven for, for, for different people, for gay and lesbian people, yes. um, for, for, for people from different religious backgrounds. It is a haven. There is no more tolerant place. The UK is the same. I want to ask you too, right? So you're on with me now speaking about these issues. If some mm. people have their way with Ireland's online um, or Ireland's hate speech bill, which has yeah. obviously garnered international attention. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, everybody around the world is talking about what's happening in Ireland with the most contentious bill, possibly in the history of the Irish state, going through uh, the Oireachtas. And ultimately, if it's passed, you know, people like yourself, you sound, I'm not endorsing you, Mandy, I'm not endorsing the Irish Freedom Party, but yeah. you sound pretty reasonable to me. You know, you sound like a reasonable person Very with reasonable. a reasoned <laughs> argument, right? But in the near yeah. future, if this hate speech bill goes through, you'd, you'd be very careful about coming on shows like this. Of course, yes, of course. Especially when they can't define hate, Richie. How do I know that it's hate? If, if, it, if there's no definition of hate, how do they know it's hate? How do the guards know it's hate? It's absolutely shocking what's going on. And I saw a clip there in the doll of our Minister for Justice, um, saying that the hate speech bill will cover if you organize a protest i think she said but only certain protests protests that they don't want yeah. so we we are going into the danger zone i mean i would love a general election to be called any day soon so we could halt all these things and adults should be in charge it's absolutely crazy
when you can't define hate, how can it even be called hate speech, Phil? Well, how would they try? What are they trying yeah. to regulate? Well, it suits Only them what, because they can move the goalposts at any time they choose. And yes, everything can correct. be hate, can't it? Let, let me ask yes. you this before we, we, we say goodbye today. So you're relatively new to politics then, right? Yes. Well, I know I ran as an independent local candidate in 2019, Richie. I um, I got involved in politics about 10 years ago. Um, there was a, a building regulation thing. It's kind of boring to most people, but I fought uh, with the Construction Industry Federation and Minister Phil Hogan. Do you remember him? Um, and um, we won. And uh, we they, they amended the legislation about a year after Mandy got involved. <laughs> so Brilliant. I don't give up. And I, I like to help people, Richie. I help people in my community all the time um, a lot. They come to me with many, many issues. So I, I like to help. And I see politics as a way of really helping and and if you get a mandate from people, good and well. I mean, um, I was on a radio show last week and uh, there was a Sinn Féin candidate um, with me. And it was meant to be just like a Friday panel, just like a general chat, like what we're doing here about topics of the week. But it turned into basically, an, uh, not a tack of me, but a kind of um, saying to me that I have no right to kind of um, mention immigration when I was born in London to an Irish mum. And mum brought us back as a child, brought us back home to Sligo to live um, and that I should be equated as an illegal immigrant. Wow. So this is what a Sinn Féin and the presenter of the show, but I don't mind about him because yeah. that's his job to be kind of, a t you know, but the Sinn Féin candidate also said, but I am an immigrant, he said to me. You're a plastic so, paddy, he, he so was, yeah, therefore you shouldn't have a sorry. say. Yeah, plastic, sorry, plastic he's, paddy, he's, you shouldn't have a say. Yeah, very good. Yeah, exactly, that you should be quiet. So, yeah. um, but what he doesn't realise is that every single person is saying the same thing as me, only that they're afraid to say it, Richie. But I'm not afraid to say it. And I, I will continue to talk. Whoever wants to contact me to ask me to say something and help them, I will. Because you have free speech is fundamental. And all these people that are trying to touch um, to um, shut down free speech right now, they have to think, where would they have been in decades gone by without yeah. free speech, well, well, with abortion yeah. and um, gay rights and all the issues that they, they could only um, progress those issues because of free, freedom of speech. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on, Richie. So I'm not that new to politics. I have a keen interest in it. And I think all the young people should really get interested. It should, they shouldn't want, I do tell them, don't be watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians. You should watch Keeping <laughs> Up With The Politicians. <laughs> Keeping Up With The Politicians. There's, there's an idea right there. Mandy, I'm thanks. I'm telling you, reality TV. Thanks for your time today. Um, I'm sure we'll talk thanks, again, Richie. Mandy. Really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. God bless. Oh, and by the way, I, I was in Salford there. I was in Salford uh, not so long ago. What a beautiful place. It's is great Salford, the isn't it? And ITV and yeah, it's lovely. We like to talk it up. It gets a little bit of a bad rap in the news. Ooh, and it has done over the really? years, you know. Well, it's a working class. Um, you know, well, it's a very beautiful. industrial place, but it's great. It's a great, great place to live in. I'm surrounded There's by great nowhere people. Nowhere better than the working class areas. Of course nowhere not. Better. Nowhere better than yeah, the blue collar that's folks. the real people. The real people. Mandy, God okay, speak to you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Bye. Bye for Bye. now. Mandy Gall, live on um, Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. Mandy calling in from Sligo there. She's standing for the Irish Freedom Party in forthcoming local elections. She came on to say why, in her opinion, the Irish people should go to the ballot box on March 8th and vote no, no. That's no, no. Neil, Neil, excuse me. What's wrong with me? Neil, Neil. Jesus wept. Ah, it's been a long time. Long time since on Ryan, since uh, my time in, in Ring.
the Gwiltoch school back in the day. Uh, very interesting character, Mandy, very interesting lady. Irish Freedom Party, as I said. Right, lots of your comments coming in. Let's uh, read a few of them. Good evening, Claire. Richie, we all know why they're dying to remove the word woman from the Constitution. It is to push this absolute insane gender ideology agenda, says Claire. And you've got a lot of support there, Claire. A lot of people listening to this would agree with you. Nelly reckons, as usual, as over thousands of years, the female energy is not given equality, says Nelly. This world only wants the male energy to prosper. God forbid the feminine energy should return. They are terrified of this, says Nelly. That's an intriguing message, Nelly. Thank you. Male energy versus female energy. Tommy says, I've heard that some states and countries have outlawed geoengineering. I wonder if it's true. Maybe Alana will know. I'll ask her, Tommy. I certainly will. Hello to Paul in North East, East Scotland. who says, Richie, my mum and sister were talking about a scam where people get a call from someone they know. It sounds like the person, but actually it's artificial intelligence mimicking the voice. So... If it happens, it's best to call back someone if they're asking for money. This is brilliant public service broadcasting, Paul. Well done. Particularly for people who are a little bit senior. And don't laugh at this. I include myself in this. I'm, I'm, I'm only 49, right? But I'm, I don't consider myself, well, I am, I suppose, the internet generation. But you could fall for it. You could fall for it. You could pick up the phone. You could answer. And it could be somebody you know. Somebody who is intimately acquainted with you. And they might be asking for a few bob urgently. It's excellent. In this day and age, what Paul has said there is a great, great, great idea. Right, Paul. Or right, Mary. Or right, Betsy. Or right, Jimmy. Right, I'll call you right back. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah, because these scams are becoming more commonplace. In fact, I heard a British government minister talking about this on a on a national radio show the other morning. It might have even been that Tugendhat dipstick. might have been him, Tom Tugendhat. He went out on a raid with the cops to, to, to catch people who, who, who operate these telephone scams to swindle people out of lots of money. And Tugendhat went to this place with the old bill and they burst through the door and it was a veritable factory. Lots of people sitting around at computers running these scams you know, sending emails and phoning people. You know, phoning people up and saying, this is your bank, you know, kind of a thing. So good idea, Paul. If somebody rings you and asks you for money urgently, even if it's your sister, Patricia, I will call you right back. Very good, Paul. I like it. Andy from Aberdeenshire. When the Tories think that getting Boris Johnson back will bring them credibility, well, it shows how... How, how far out of touch they are with the people of this country, says Andy. Everyone knows he lies like a flatfish. He became the butt of jokes with all of his broadcasts during COVID. The only time I would have liked watching him would have been if Spitting Image had have kept going a little longer. Thank you so much for this. Uh, Don says, I would bet that Jeremy Corbyn, looking at the anti-Semitism witch hunt, is pissing his pants laughing, says Don. You might be right, Don. You might very well uh, be right. You can leave a message for me, by the way, via the website richieallen.co.uk. You're listening to Wednesday's programme. I've got time, I think, to give a wee plug for the Papers podcast, which you might be used to, you might not be, you might know, you might not know. Uh, The Papers is a podcast which is online 
pretty much every morning, Monday to Friday, sometime shortly after 7am. And it's very simple. It is me reviewing that day's papers. It lasts between 25 minutes and a half an hour. Do download it if you haven't before. It's something a bit extra for no extra charge. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support The Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk Welcome back. Welcome back, he says. Where am I going now? I'll tell you where I'm going now. I'm going with David Bowie, David Bowie. Uh, David Bowie, David Bowie. It's tomato, tomato, it's a biscuit, it's a bar. music from David Bowie and Heroes, the Low Trilogy, Berlin. You know, a lot of great people in recent years, great musicians, ones we grew up with passed away. Many did. He's really missed, isn't he, Bowie? I had the pleasure of seeing him in 1995 at the, what is now the O2 in Dublin, I think. It was the Point Depot then. He was supported by Morrissey. I've never enjoyed a night Quite as much as I enjoyed that night. Let me read some more messages. Chris the Gardener. Richie, I believe we're in an age now where we cannot take anything we see online on a video or audio recording as definitely real. We know the tech can imitate anyone, manipulate footage, etc. Like you, I think they will weaponize this and use it against us to either shut off uh, or shut down dissent or destroy our reputations. Mad times we live in. I can't wait for the rise of the machines, says Chris. It should be interesting. Uh, good evening, Faisal. He says, is it really that big a deal that AI can imitate a voice for a fake recording? Or is that something that could always have been done by somebody who could do impressions? Well, it's an interesting point, Faisal, but it's also a bit redundant. How easy is it to access somebody who could do an impression of somebody? You know, if you want to defraud somebody, how easy is it to find... If you wanted to defraud a specific person, a private citizen, how easy do you think it is? Or how, you, how easy might it be to find an impersonator to, to impersonate that person? When it seems to be very easy these days to use AI or chat GPT, whatever it is to do it. I hear you, but um, it seems to be very easy nowadays. Uh, thank you for your messages. Ian says, Nelly is onto something regarding female energy being suppressed. It is essentially what Clive Barker's book Imagica is about. The domination is materialist rationalism to the detriment of the spiritual and the maternal, says Ian. That is a book I had in my possession years ago, but never got around to reading Clive Barker, that particular book. Uh, thank you for that, Ian. Uh, hi to Cockney J, who says, Richie, the movie The Beekeeper is all about these scamming scumbags. It is, Jay. Funnily enough, it is. It's also not a great film, I don't think. But that's just my opinion, and my opinion is irrelevant. I've liked some films that others would tell you are absolutely garbage. Now, I'm going to get um, um, Alana on the line. When I'm chatting away with Alana, as I will be for the rest of the programme, please feel free to join in by sending me a message via the app or via the website richieallen.co.uk. Alana will be delighted to hear uh, from you this evening. Let's, um, let's give her... Oh, she's on. She's online, is she? She's there. Now, it's been several years uh, since we spoke last, which is... Um, there's no good reason for this. Alana had uh, appeared on this programme regularly over the years and on a TV show I produced 
and presented in London. I think the world of her. She is, amongst other things, I mean, she's a broadcaster, she's a researcher, an academic, but she's also the author of the Geoengineering Trilogy, and she would have come on the programme over the years to talk about these books, the most recent being Geoengineered Transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. I'll say it again, geoengineered transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. And Alana would have come on over the years to talk about her books. Let's welcome her back to the programme. As I said, it's really timely this, because you have been reaching out to me this week to, to talk about, to discuss chemtrails and geoengineering. It is a warm welcome once again to our friend Alana Free, uh, Freeland. Hello, Alana. Welcome back. Hey, Richie. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. It's like you're in the next room. It's like you're in this, <laughs> it's like you're in this oh, I'm room. I'm so glad to finally reconnect. Oh, I don't brilliant. know how... You ended up uh, at the bottom of the bin of all my email. I'm so behind. I'm so behind. I need a staff of three, but I only have a one-woman band. Well, do you know what it is, Alana? Because I produce this myself. It's always my fault because I don't follow up, you see. Because, yeah. you know, I don't follow up because I, you know, I send out an email and I think, right, great. And then I don't hear back. People are busy. Fair enough. And that's how it goes. But listen, it doesn't matter. You're here now. And I believe yes. I believe the stars have aligned uh, to bring you here today because look, <laughs> the, the, the show has a pretty large audience. That's not a boast. It does. And there are people joining all the time because of what has happened in the last three years. And out of the blue, I'm being asked questions about chemtrails, about geoengineering. And I thought, you know, isn't it wonderful synchronicity, serendipity, call it what you want, you're here. And I thought, you know what, no better woman in the world to ask for somebody who's never spoken about this before, for somebody new to it. What the hell is chemtrails? What is geoengineering? How would you explain it to somebody for the very first time who'd never heard those terms before? Well, the the first thing I would have to say to people is that uh, this is not about climate change. This is not about global warming. These are the cover stories used in, um, in, well, in intelligence operations. And very few people know that the beginning of all this, chemtrails, uh, really happened... Oh, in a way, in World War One and Two, when they were dropping chaff uh, in uh, and chemicals uh, in World War One, it was completely a chemical war that was waged in the trenches in Europe, uh, and an entire generation of European youth were pretty much wiped out. And then it continued, thanks to I.G. Farben, the big pharma. Uh, mother house uh, in Europe, in, in England, actually. And um, that that continued to the wars that we've had since those two world wars. Uh, in, uh, in Vietnam, we all remember, those of us old enough to remember, uh, the, uh, the dropping of chemicals in order to destroy the jungle uh, in, uh, in Vietnam. And you know, all of this is not because they didn't know that this was all very damaging. They know. They know all that. Uh, and the same goes for what's coming down on us 
from the chemical trails. What is coming what is, down, Alana? What is it exactly, in, in your opinion? What has what your well, research led you to believe? There is so much because they can now uh, attach various chemicals to uh, the norms. There are certain norms like barium. Barium is essential for the communication system and for uh, holograms that are now being unleashed in the latest uh, PSYOP uh, of UFOs. And um, they, there's aluminum, which is the cheapest and most surface area chaff, or as it's also called doping by the military. Uh, what, what that means is what the doping does is it, it they have to drop these nanoparticles, this very, very tiny, you know, a nano, uh, a nanometer is one billionth of a meter. They have to drop a lot of nanoparticles in order to keep the atmosphere ionized. And what most people don't uh, tie the chemtrails to, because obviously the American public, and I would say the world public, because I'm in touch with a lot of people around the world, uh, is kept in the dark as to this technology. Now, why would it be kept in the dark? If this is to make our weather better and to make, uh, you know, to counter so-called uh, the uh, chemical problems that we're having uh, with climate change, uh, including the carbons, uh, why wouldn't they want people to know about this? Because it's a weapon system. This is entirely a weapon system. So the chemtrails are essential to keeping the atmosphere ionized for wireless operations. And now we have an entirely wireless uh, world. We, we don't, hardly anyone uses wired anymore. And yeah. I'm constantly now and then talking to, uh, to computer geeks who have no clue, no clue that the electromagnetism of a wire, wireless environment in your home, in your business place, is absolutely damaging to the human nervous system. So, I, you know, there's a big blockage going on, Richie, uh, of public information about this technology because it is a weapon system. I've, I've been doing a, a, my homework on, on you because it's been a while since we spoke. I've, I've listened to one or two interviews you've given and talks and I've been absolutely blown away by this. We'll talk in a moment about how they charge the atmosphere using these particles. Um, we might talk about the harp facilities. I know it's old stuff, but it'll be new to a lot of listeners and what it might mean for weather and stuff. Um, Alana Freeland is our guest. I don't know of anybody who's researched this as as diligently and as thoroughly as, as Alana. So it's great to have her back on the programme. Lots of comments coming in already on this. But I, I'm fascinated. Where is it coming from? It, it's not coming from commercial airliners. I saw you recently. I heard you talk about drones. Tell us about drones and tell us about painting drones to look like they are, in fact, commercial uh, airliners. This, this fascinates me. What's this all about? Well, that's been going on. Um, you know, we've had this chemical trails and uh, HARP, the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, up in Gakona, Alaska. It's a big ionospheric heater uh, that is can zap the uh, ionosphere itself 
way above us, starting 22 miles above us, or, or I don't know what that is in kilometres, but you'll have to make that translation. Yeah, we're on the miles here in the UK. We're miles as well, so don't worry about that. That's good. Okay, all right. So uh, the, uh, the harp is essential to understanding the use of the chemical trails, uh, first of all, that um, harp has by 2013, and it the patents came out in the 90s for HARP, and the building of HARP up in Gakona, Alaska started in the 90s. So it was, it was good to go by the end of the 90s. And, uh, and then that's when the, if you look, you'll see that the chemical trails uh, began to be very profuse in the sky over all NATO countries. Now, those are the only ones I checked for the first book that came out in 2014, Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth, because to control the ionosphere is essential to keeping our atmosphere ionized, which means electrified, like an antenna. Uh, I mean, that's why summers are now so much hotter. Uh, you've got the uh, aluminum in uh, the atmosphere. You've got electromagnetics and lasers going off uh, for all sorts of military operations, not just fast movie downloads and the nonsense they tell us uh, is the reason that we have this 5G system. Uh, so uh, the electromagnetics and the chemicals are working together in the ionized atmosphere to keep it uh, at like, like an antenna, like in a way like a semiconductor. So uh, this, this electrification of the world is, uh, is what you see everywhere. Now in America, I don't know how it is in England, but in America, um, you cannot, uh, if you're going to build a new house, you will not be allowed to use uh, gas heating, natural gas. Uh, no, you have to use electric. Uh, and now, of course, you know we have the electric cars that are blowing up and, and producing fires. Uh, so it, this electrification of the world comes from this technology and the, and the idea that you can control not just all of life, not just, not, just, not just industry and society, but the biological life and the human brain. All of this is pouring out now as one uh, patent after another. You can tell they've been working on this for a long time. So, uh, so when you know you ask, well, where where is it coming from? I have to say that uh, what I what I'm the trail I'm on now is the synthetic biology trail that the uh, that is being dumped on us, and that uh, that goes all the way back to remember the independent scientist Clifford Carnicum yes. at the very beginning. Of, uh, of when some of us were beginning to expose this to the public. Clifford Carnicum was the sole scientist dedicated to researching the Morgellons that was being dumped on us from the chemical trails. And the Morgellons is a pathogen that is very tiny, uh, and he was finding it in the saliva of all the people he uh, studied. Uh, in the, their blood, and, you know, I remember when I was looking over his shoulder and he, he, we were looking through his microscope and, and I saw 
these creatures, these little teeny weeny creatures uh, under the microscope of 300 power, uh, eating, sucking the erythrocytes, the red blood cells, uh, out of my cells. I saw them. And I, that's when I really got how important this issue is. I didn't know it was all heading toward transhumanism then, but it definitely crossed my mind because the word transhumanism in the early 2000s was beginning to be uh, bandied about. And so uh, since then, I have done much more uh, research on the relationship between the military-industrial intelligence complex and, uh, and, for example, fluoride. Okay, and we can go down the list of chemicals that are being dumped from the sky and put in our water sources and, and in our GMO fields, uh, which I try not to eat GMOs, by the way, folks. It's difficult for you, Alana. It's difficult for you in Washington, isn't it? Because, you know, the U.S. has basically been carpeted by GMO seeds in the last 25 years. So it's, it's, hard, it's hard work for you, isn't it, to, to avoid eating that stuff? Do you think in England, Richie, that you don't have that same problem? Um, no, I don't. I'm not stupid. I, I hear what you're saying. It's here. I mean, officially it isn't here, but it is here. I remember about four years ago, maybe five years ago, pre-COVID, um, we were going to order a pizza from a very well, it's, I might as well say it's Domino's, right? So we were yeah. sitting down, watching a film. I said to my better half, Caroline, I said, what do you reckon? Yeah, let's have a look. We looked at the ingredients. And if we had a certain crust, if we chose a certain crust, it told us clearly, and I put a post on Facebook at the time, is that it contained uh, GMO ingredients. And I thought, yes. my God, I thought, this is not known to the public. These GMO seeds and GMO ingredients are not supposed to be in the UK. So you make an excellent point. They are here already. Yes. Right. I think the last I checked, there were 37 countries in the world uh, that do not allow GMOs, not, not just in a slap-your-wrist way either, as a felony. That's the way it is in Russia. If you bring any GMO seed in or GMO foods in, you're looking at a felony. So uh, some people at least know that the problem with the GMOs, just to be very clear, because some people say to me, oh, Lilana, you eat organic, but uh, you're getting all this dump from the sky. So what, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is this. At least in organic foods, you have what are called heirloom seed. You have real seed from Mother Nature. Uh, in the GMO foods, and you, they claim that there's only a few foods that are GMO. That's nonsense. Almost everything now is GMO, including the animals. And so all of them have uh, these uh, synthetic biology, artificial uh, synthetic, whatever you want to call it, that is the seed that is, has grown these foods that look like food, but I'm really not sure how much nutrient you're getting. So, so the, again, back to the... Just before you go back, Alana, just before you go back, can I do a very quick recap? Alana Friedland is our guest. Alana is a researcher, a journalist, an academic, the author of the Geoengineering Trilogy. I will put links to the books on the podcast notes after the live radio show. And if I can just say before you go back, um, what, what you're hearing from Alana is is that this geoengineering agenda 
It is multifaceted. It is not just specifically about one thing. It's about lots of different things. It serves a lot of different agendas. It's um, Some people say, you know, it's even terraforming the earth, some people say. It's, cer- mm-hmm. it's certainly electrifying the atmosphere for communications purposes. There's no doubt about that at all. It's also um, meant to change, uh, to, to impact upon the health of people negatively. It's also meant to... Um, accelerate the transhumanist agenda and if you don't understand what transhumanism is I reckon you check out Alana's books but just check out the term in any dictionary it is the changing of the biological human irredeemably merging people with technology I mean my god what do we think Elon Musk is doing with the Neuralink does that terrify you that because that scares the absolute bejesus out of me well yeah but the the, uh, Elon Musk Neuralink uh, is already a done deal. Uh, he he may have a different product in mind that people will need to have surgically implanted, etc. Wow. But the the truth is that the nanotechnology now coming down just from the sky, not not necessarily. Uh, I mean, I haven't even turned yet to what's being jabbed into people's arms. Uh, but the from the sky, the nanotechnology is highly developed. Uh, as I said, it's very tiny. Uh, a lot of them are nano robots. Uh, you can understand that that means computerized uh, possibilities. They are transceivers. They transmit. They receive, and um, they are so small that I think now what where people can see them, but you would need a very good microscope, perhaps a dark field microscope, in order to to see the actual entities, but they do move in a consciousness sense. They have a sort of group soul, a hive mind, as we're told, and they move as a phalanx. And the place where, Richie, I was just blown away, where I saw them operating, uh, speaking of the multidimensional ways that the nanotechnology alone is being used, was during the California fires here in the States in 2017. And because there was a fire at the identical time in Portugal, I was in touch with a very wonderful activist there at that time. And I believe that they would have had the same nanotechnology involved in their fires in these, what I call geoengineered fires. And they are geoengineered from space. So um, what I saw was a phalanx of what looked like embers blowing down the road and blowing this way and that way. and But the more I looked at them, the more they seemed highly organized. And, uh, and then I realized that I wasn't looking at embers. I wasn't looking at wind blowing them down the road. I was looking at nanotechnology being sent to ignite some buildings and bypass other buildings through programming that they had going uh, from, I don't know, from where? Was it from someone's laptop there at the fire? Was it from satellite? I really don't know. But I, I saw how they can be used as a, as a fighting unit on a very tiny scale. And in a, in a way that where if you've got fire going on, they really looked like embers, but they were not. It was very hard to explain, wasn't it? It was very hard. In fact, it was never explained why the fires would ignore certain buildings and even ignore yes. trees. 
and burn yes. burn certain trees and not burn other uh, trees. I've I've never seen anything like it. Can I just do my job and ask you? Why would anybody, any government agency or any very, very secretive organisation, why would they want to start these wildfires? What was the what was the payoff for them, do you think? Well, I think this is just more of the UN's sustainable development program in which there are big real estate deals going on. You mentioned the word terraforming. We tend to think of terraforming as being some sort of alien disposition yeah. coming from another planet. No, no, the, no, the terraforming is going on right here, right now, with the geoengineering. It's one of the seven operations that geoengineering uh, offers the military-industrial intelligence complex that serves the so-called elite of the planet. And let me just name those seven as long as we're on that, and I won't go into detail with it unless maybe later. So there is weather engineering, and people ask me, is all the weather engineered? Yes, it is. All the weather is engineered, to my knowledge. Uh, the chemical electromagnetic engineering is going on of uh, various things, various operations in the atmosphere, in the sky, uh, that the military-industrial complex is pursuing. Uh, planetary and geophysical, this would be the terahertz, uh, I mean, the terraforming. And that includes uh, the use of the fires, the floods, the hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, storms, droughts, uh, polar vortices, uh, solar cycles, etc. Everything is being used uh, for experimentation now that the atmosphere is highly charged by control over the ionosphere. Let's get that straight. That's what geoengineering is really about. Uh, then uh, the fourth or the fifth Operation is surveillance and neural manipulation. Neural manipulation is just a nice way of saying mind control. And that happens from space. Digital biology, nanotechnology, transhumanism, all those three go together. The digital biology, all of biology is being changed from molecular biology to digital, which means they only need the frequency and the chemical signatures in order to transmit those by 5G and 6G to various people and create diseases or whatever. Why do they uh, allow, why do they, if this is true and they're changing the biological human into the digital human, and if they mm -hmm. can do this, and this is not me being sarcastic, we've known each other too long, why do they not use that technology then to silence, you know, the more prominent voices who talk about this stuff, people like yourself, why don't they turn it on you? And we've had enough of Alana Freeland now talking about this. Let's, let's, um, let's plant a, a suggestion in Alana's mind to go and bake some cakes and to join a local charity or something. Why? Why not? You know what I mean? That would be the day, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, good question. And uh, of course, I've had to figure that out because, Richie, I am targeted at times. Uh, they're in my brain at times. Um, why haven't they killed me? Well, I think because they want people to know about this technology and how perfect is it that you have a non-PhD uh, who is just a terrific uh, researcher and, uh, and obsessive, compulsive about getting all this out to the public. Uh, how, how wonderful to have this person who 
won't be taken seriously because there's no PhD after their their name. There's just an MA. It's interesting. And, yeah. uh, and that the uh, that I uh, am a nobody, but I'm writing for people. I'm writing for the layman. I'm I'm you know there has to be a lot of foot. There are footnotes. There is technology in these books. They they're not easy reads. They're not page turners by any mean. But uh, but that. I keep going and I keep putting it out there so that people learn, the people who choose to uh, learn from this, uh, either from the many talks that are on the internet or, or the radio yeah. interviews or whatever, uh, in order to uh, have people uh, helpless before this onslaught. I, I mean, you and I both know that all those people who used to ask me, can we stop the chemtrails? No, we can't stop the chemtrails. How would I stop the chemtrails? How would I stop any of this high-tech uh, science that's going on to bring the era of transhumanism and a, an AI-run planet, which is really what they're after? Uh, this is, it, does it help us to know our condition? Well, if we are spirits incarnating into the earth as souls, as Rudolf Steiner says we are, then yes, it helps us. We must know what is happening to us. We must be able to identify it so we can defend ourselves, so we can have the right thought forms, not be overtaken by fear and panic the way many people are now. That's why I do what I do, not because I think I can stop it, but I think that I'm allowed to do that and others are allowed because to have people who know their condition and know that this is going on, they'll either have to accept it and, uh, and just die nicely, or they're going to have to dig in and find out about electromagnetism and chemicals in order to uh, help themselves in their daily lives. Either way, they oh, know, they and that is one of the rules of the occult, that the elite abide by. They must tell us what they are about to do to us. And I think I serve their purpose. No, well, I don't think you serve their purpose at all, but I hear what you're saying. Yes, it's, it's a bit like predictive programming. They, it's almost like in some, in some instances, it's like a bit of post-hypnotic suggestion. Let people in on it a little bit. And then yeah. it, it might lessen or minimise the outcry when it is fully revealed in all its horrors in 15, 20, 25 years. Alana Freeland is our guest, author, researcher, a broadcaster, public speaker. I've got to ask you this. I've got to take you back. I've got to pull you up on something, my friend, my old pal. You said, yeah. you said that no weather system today is natural, that natural weather no longer exists. It's always geoengineered. That is one hell of a claim. It C is. Can you prove that? Or is that, is that a theory based on, have you, have you added a few facts and have you thought Occam's razor? It's about the best guess. Because I find that one well, a bit of a struggle, that there's no natural weather right. left. Go ahead. No, and in a way, in a way, what I'm saying is not entirely true. Okay, so this is how it appears to be from having read the patents, the papers. I mean, this is this is a classified project because it is weapon status. The harp, the chemtrails, the whole thing having to do. I call it the harp system. That is all classified. So in order to do the research to write books like I do, it takes thousands, literally thousands of hours. 
of going over things and over things and over things in order to see how they fit together because you're not going to find a nice tidy spot where it says geoengineering and then you're going to just run down everything that I'm saying and see how all of it fits together. No, you have to go and search, you know, like uh, like the story of Cinderella with the lentils and the peas. You have yeah. to you have to go and find which ones you need and how they fit together. So that is true. Now, regarding the weather as well, uh, down in the South Pacific, there is a part there where the weather arises from the Pacific itself, this beautiful weather that is natural. It's from nature. And that's been going on probably for millions of years or, or at least hundreds of thousands. And so once that weather arises uh, like like a new new birth of every day, uh, it is quickly grabbed up by uh, the either the Navy or the merchant marines or the geoengineers themselves with their guys on laptops uh, at Wright Patterson Air Force Base or wherever, and and they they then set their tools in motion to control that weather. Uh, they use lasers. They uh, they make waveguides. They're able to sort of suck that weather up the, along the coast of California. And you might ask yourself, well, shoot, if that's all the moisture, all that moisture coming from the South Pacific, and it's fresh every day, how how in the world did California have nine years of drought? Of drought, yeah. Because that weather was dragged up north past. California past Oregon, and it was t- uh, t- it was tacked onto uh, uh, the uh, oh, I'm blocking the word I need. Uh, it, it's then sent over the United States by the jet stream uh, that is sort of hooked right over just north of me. I'm living in the perfect place for someone who's obsessing over the weather and climate and trying to show how it can be run like a machine. Because right north of me over Vancouver Island is a hook in the jet stream that then that weather born anew in the South Pacific is hooked onto. And then that weather is dragged by that jet stream from west to east. It always goes west to east, by the way. And you, it's pulled over. So maybe they want a snowstorm in Colorado. Maybe they want a, a drought in Kansas. Maybe they want, uh, you know, a, a storm, a, her, a, a tornado uh, in Oklahoma. So whatever they need back east, that's the next algorithm that comes in. And so they're running weather. And how about in Europe? Yes, because it's NATO countries. All the NATO countries have to sign on the dotted line when they join NATO that they will allow their skies to be chemmed. And that's that's a done deal. So, uh, but but know, nobody but things. nobody has ever seen such a document. This is the thing, isn't it? We no, have to admit classified. this. It's classified. Yeah, we, this, this is You're a theory. This is a theory. You yeah. can't even find out what's in the fuel of the jets carrying the chemical trails yeah. because we know now. We had arguments for years. You can imagine all of us, because uh, we're down here on the earth and we're arguing about what is running in the in the jet. Con- combustion chambers above us, but we, w- was it just from the combustion chambers? Was it just from the fuel? 
the JP8, the JP4, now it's bio. Uh, no, there, there's more that's being dumped. And maybe it's in the wings where they tell us the fuel is, which turns out not to be true. So, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of people who all, uh, and I think the one that I like the best for, for that kind of information is Jim Lee uh, at climateviewer.com. Uh, Jim's uh, very good at the fuel and the and following the jets and the technology of that. I'm expanding out beyond what any other uh, geoengineering activist researcher is doing because uh, of my relationship with Clifford. I mean, had I not encountered the Morgellons years ago in my own blood and in, uh, in the blood of all the people we were examining under the microscope, I don't know that I would be so obsessed over the synthetic biology thing. But Richie, just so I don't forget to tell you, I am involved deeply in a, uh, in a live blood analysis microscope group out of Australia, but it's international in scope, uh, where all these people have their microscopes, all different kinds, very sophisticated, expensive, uh, and are looking at blood that you just take out of the body and the next minute you've got it under the microscope so that you can see that from the uh, vaxxed and the unvaxxed, the jabbed and the unjabbed, both, it is not one or the other, it is both now, are carrying the same technologies and this is all synthetic biology and shoot, Computer parts. Yeah, I've seen Soft I've seen this stuff online, and it's just mind blowing, really. And it's very difficult because, like, you see it online, and I don't know who these people are, so I have a choice to take them at face value, or to wonder if they're pulling the wool over my eyes, and if this is misinformation, you know, to try to discredit the researchers into geoengineering. No, no I'm not saying I'm not saying it is. No, hang on, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm not saying it is, but I'm a journalist. And I, I, I have to be objective at all times. So I look yes. at it and I, and, and I don't know and I think. But my but was, I went to the Isle of Wight six or so years ago. Um, and I was there for a few days. I was visiting David Icke and we were chatting away. And I met a lady, a young woman, a lovely young woman, a lovely young person. And she told me that she'd been afflicted with Morgellons or Morgellons. And I'd read yeah. about this and I was very, very sceptical. And she um, removed her shirt. Well, she had a, a T-shirt underneath her, her shirt. And she showed me um, lesions and things on yeah. her arm, things that were growing. And I'd never seen anything like this before in my life. And this was a lucid, this was a, a, a you know, sincere, softly spoken woman. And she said, this is what Morgellons is. She said, I heard you talk about it on your radio program. And I heard you express some scepticism which I had done. It's my job to be sceptical, but it's also my job to shut up and listen to the other point of view, which is the reason why we do the show. It's the reason why you're here. So I find this absolutely, yeah. I, I, I find this amazing, this idea that contained in what is dropping from the sky um, are, are, or is nanotechnology that is computerized, that is not biology, it is synthetic, syn synthetic biology, and that it is ultimately re-engineering um, or, or biologically re-engineering the human race. And I've got to say yeah. this, 
as much as I love you and we've known each other for years and you'll come back on again in the future, I have got to acknowledge the people who are listening to this and who are thinking, come on, no way. Where are the whistleblowers? How could they get away with this, Alana? That's what some people would be thinking. Right, I, and I don't blame them because uh, this is such large scope on if it is an assault on the human being and this is what they meant for years by talking about transhumanism and the singularity was the term bandied yeah. about regarding there would be this moment when all of humanity would be transformed into a cyber uh, uh, type of, uh, well... A, a, consciousness, a, a, you could say. Say it again? Consciousness, you might say. A, well, I was thinking of the body because um, a lot of the things that are being found in the body, for example, the graphene oxide, and, and I won't say a lot today about this aspect because I'm writing a book on that for uh, for Inner Traditions Publishing. But um, I can't wait to read that book. Hang on. You do know, oh, and I think yeah. we spoke about this several years ago, you know that Manchester... I'm in Salford, which is in Greater Manchester. I'm only a couple of miles away from the world centre for graphene oxide, for graphene. You know this, don't you? No kidding. Yeah, the, the, the University of Manchester um, is basically owns, it doesn't own, but it's where all the research uh, for graphene has taken place. It is the yes. hub, the global hub for graphene. And it is one right. of the most secured facilities that they've ever known. I know security guards have worked around it. It is, it is like science fiction levels of security, this place. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. yeah. And the military calls it, this is why, I mean, obviously we're, we're talking weapon status here. Yeah. The, the military calls graphene its holy grail. Now, I don't know about what you think that means, but to me it means that it has many, many uses. And yes, a lot of them are just practical. Uh, but a lot of them are weaponized. And the ones, the, the graphene oxide, the hydrogel, the quantum dots, uh, this whole array of synthetic biology, it's no wonder people are confused because now and then, as you know, the mainstream media is pretty much completely controlled by corporate uh, power, and that would include elites yeah. and uh, foundations. But uh, at the same time, the other assault going on, besides the fact that the corporate media tends to lie to protect interests that it favors, and that is not usually people, uh, it, the, the next part is that there are people on that have radio shows, that have TV shows, that are, are Hollywood stars, are, have star status as political leaders, who are also doling out the disinformation about all this technology that I'm talking about. And uh, at the same time, people like me, and I, I have to say that there's, there's a couple more people that are like me, uh, we are being marginalized. We are being ignored. Uh, the books are not sold. The yeah. books are not mentioned. Uh, geoengineering is shoved to the very back of the bus because uh, you know they don't want people believing anything other than the narrative that they have sold people on through the 2015 meeting in New York where you know everybody signed on the dotted line to pay a bazillion dollars to 
to wipe up all the carbons. Why they chose carbon, it took me a long time to figure that out because carbon is essential to life. It is. So, uh, yeah, why would they choose carbon? Well, there are reasons that they have chosen to uh, demonize carbon in favor of things like, well, shoot, silicon, uh, graphene oxide. There are other things that are taking the place. So, uh, so uh, and can I just interject because we've really yeah. we've got about thirteen, fourteen minutes left today. Next time we talk, we'll 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 have we'll we'll, we'll, we'll arrange a much longer stint, right? But it's nice. The, the reintroduction is nice today, and this is new to a lot of people listening oh, to yeah. this program. So I want to read a few comments because there are many of them. Um, quickly, and then and then you come back in. Isabel says a friend of mine monitors. EMF in his house, electromagnetic field radiation in his house. And he recently told me that when there are heavy chemtrails in the sky, his EMF meter shoots up through uh, the roof. That's from Isabel. There's so many messages coming in here. Um, yeah. Cliff, Cliff says, could you ask Alana, hi Cliff, is she aware of any successful methods or protocols to rid the human body of Morgellons and other toxins or nanoparticles dropped from the sky? That's a good question. That is, that's, a, that's a question that a lot of people are pursuing with great vehemence because uh, the Morgellons was, think of Morgellons as the early model of what we're now dealing with through uh, inoculations, through what we're breathing from the sky, through the GMO foods. I mean, when you start looking for this stuff under a microscope to see what's really there, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a food from the grocery store. It could be, uh, you know, a medicine you give your child for a cough. It's, it's all got the same stuff in it. So what does that say about the desire of the corporations, particularly big pharma, that wants all of this stuff in us for a transhuman end. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Elana Freeland is... As, our, far as, yeah. as far as... I can't answer that question about... Uh, but the electromagnetics is part of it to, to really make your footprint. I am totally opposed to cell phones, iPhones. I don't own one. Never have, never will. It's a weapon system. And it can be used against you uh, even when you have it off. Uh, and that's what it meant when suddenly you couldn't take the battery out. Oh, that's so, nice. Uh, they, uh, there are so many ways that people are uh, trying to find a way to get the nanotechnology out of us. Uh, Tony Pantaloresco is someone that is very dedicated to that. And he's, he's being terribly assaulted in Ottawa, Canada. So, uh, so whoever chooses to remedy this, uh, should be working quietly because it's it's a dangerous situation for them. Nell says, would this, or asked, would this give dogs skin irritations? I'm a dog groomer and I've never seen so many dogs with skin problems, says Nell. That's an interesting one. Sophia says, does Alana think the technology used in COVID jabs and the purpose behind the technology associated with harp and chemtrails are linked? Are the jabs linked with all of this? She asked, we, we might have to give quick answers uh, for today. Absolutely, because absolutely linked. No doubt about it, you don't think. Seamus, through Big Pharma. Seamus says, Richie, the Spanish um, 
flumes, he says, that stir up all the Saharan sand and dump it on the UK and Europe. Surely this must be a mega dump of all of these particles. They insist on scattering from above. A heavy payload does not, sorry, a heavy payload does get noticed, so it gets passed off as sand. Remember all the cars covered in sand last year in Manchester? That's right. And they blamed yeah. it on, they blamed it on desert winds from the Sahara. And That's Seamus right. is asking, could it be in fact that it came from uh, from the sky? There are so many of these. And Absolutely. Ul- and, and ultimately, I'm going to give you the last word because we've literally got about seven, um, seven and a half minutes left today. But you, you, your, your thesis, which is laid out in your geoengineering trilogy, again, I'll put links, and I'm not going to do you a disservice by trying to sum up everything you've done in a few sentences, but there is a, <laughs> there is a desire You've discovered this. There is a desire on the part of another, um, on the part of, a, of an elite group of people to ultimately completely transform the planet that we live in and how we interact with it, but also to tra- transform us as beings, to take us away from what we were, you know, spiritual beings wearing a, you know, a kind of um, a biological spacesuit, but to completely change that. Um, mm-hmm. it, through a transhumanist agenda to blend and merge us with technology so that we yes. become more digital than biological and that yes. ultimately this is about control but much more uh, besides control that's where it's all leading and and that's what you've been looking into for the best part of uh, 10, 11 years I mean it's amazing stuff really and you know somebody yes. said to me recently before you have the final word today and we will pick pick it up again at your leisure in the next month or so for a longer chat with your permission. But somebody said to me recently, and this is a genuine thing, somebody whose name I can't remember. It might have been somebody called Marie who said to me, oh, I've heard you talking about geoengineering and chemtrails. Do you really believe, Richie, that they could dump um, non-biological, digital, or maybe nanobot robotics, they could dump it on people? Do you really think they would do that? What could be so evil and how could they get away with it? And my only answer was, well, look, check out people like Alana Freeland and others. But my answer was, they've admitted that they've done it to their own military. Uh, they've done it to their own populations in the 60s in the UK. They've done it many times over the years. They've dumped stuff into the atmosphere. And then they've carefully watched how this yeah. has affected humans. And they didn't ask our permission back then. So what makes you think they wouldn't do it today? That's my well, answer, exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, I understand people don't want to deal with the problem of evil. It, it seems today uh, that the thanks to the last three years, we have been able to see its its methods and its uh, its persona, if you will, uh, much more clearly now. It used to be that they always hid and they always had, you know, various uh, psyops going yeah. on that were. Uh, were just inundated with intelligence agents that were lying through their teeth. Now, however, everything's out in the open, and uh, part of that is due to some laws that have been passed, uh, not through Congress, particularly in the United States, but through uh, um, executive orders under this, uh, we call it the clown regime here in the United States. Uh, So... So, yes, uh, we, we have to deal with evil. Rudolf Steiner said uh, that the 21st century would be a tremendous encounter with evil and that we must finally come to terms with it. It will, it will arrive uh, in part through technology 
And we must pay very close attention to our technologies and the relationship that we have with them. No doubt. Now you've uh, got you, you, that you, more. you've got mm-hmm. four you've got four minutes. Look at the clock. I will not be forgiving. Let me tell you uh, where to get the books. Is that okay, Richie? You can you can do, but I also wanted to ask you. And listen, yeah. I'll 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 plug the be Jesus out of the books, and I'll put the links on the podcast okay. notes. So okay. I'll do this, but um, CO two is a a a life supporting gas. In right then, in two and a half minutes, and then you'll have time to plug the books. In two and a half minutes, why did they choose to demonize CO two? Because they don't want us. They they don't want to support living human beings. It's the same. You know, it's like human 1.0 versus human 2.0. Human 2.0 will be the transhuman model. Human 1.0 uh, must go, and that is uh, that's not only because they're. Uh, they're wanting to control the entire planet according to the uh, the Soviet uh, astrophysicist Kardashev, uh, which says that a, a true civilization uh, space program can uh, can must first uh, basically have full spectrum dominance over its own planet, then it must have full spectrum dominance over its own sun and solar system and then third it must have full spectrum dominance over uh the galaxy so this all may sound ridiculous and make us want to laugh but these are the psychopaths that are in charge of the uh world and have been for generations i might add and this is the first real deep encounter that we've had because for some reason people are now waking up to the danger of allowing these elites to have their way and taking carbon dioxide out of the air. Oh yeah, there are other things they're taking away from us like real food. Real food, that's right. And natural medicines, banning them all around the world. Um, The things that people have been using for thousands of years to properly heal themselves, not just to treat the symptoms. You've been listening to Alana Freeland, uh, the geoengineering uh, books. I can't recommend them highly enough. And you know I don't recommend very much, uh, dear listener. The geoengineering trilogy, the most recent geoengineered transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetism and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. Where can people get these books today? Well, in, if you're in England and in Europe, uh, I know Watkins carries my books uh, from uh, if you ask for them. Uh, and uh, in the United States, uh, well, Amazon, you can get them on Amazon. I, I wish you could get the color edition, uh, which you can only get from the Rudolf Steiner bookstore in Seattle. If you know anyone in Seattle who would send you the book, uh, that has color illustrations, whereas the Amazon version as black and white. That's, it's due to just too much expense, really. Listen, it was great to uh, catch up with you again after so long. Um, yes. We'll, um, we'll chat over email and we'll, we'll schedule. I'll tell you what would be nice to do next time. I'm just looking at my app. There's an app for the programme. People can instantly message the studio. There are a lot of very good questions and comments. That it, it, I'll save them. It would be nice to get into them next time. Okay. But um, great work, Ilana. Thanks for sharing it with people. And uh, all I can say is um, until next time, it won't be as long as, as it was uh, to the last <laughs> right. time. But uh, it's all been right. nice, to, nice to catch Bless up with you. you today. And well Thank done. You. Thank you. Bye for now. 
You've been listening to Alana Freeland live from Washington State on Wednesday's Richie Allen show. Nice to have Alana back on the show. It's it's a very difficult thing to grasp. And I, I, I reiterate, as I have done many times over the years, I'm not endorsing anything. I don't endorse, you know, ideas or ideologies. I don't endorse definitive explanations for things. I don't. I like to listen to these theories. I don't know. I think she's onto something, and I have done for many years. I do, I do believe that what we see in our skies, and I've believed this for many years, I, I know it's not jet contrails, not all of the time. I know this. In my bone marrow, I know it. I know that heavy metals are being sprayed into the ionosphere. That's what I believe I know. And then you start to kind of fan it out into, well, what is it they're doing exactly? Why are they doing it? And that's basically been the basis of, of Ilana Friedland's research for many, many years. And it is fascinating. And I tell you, one of the things I really appreciate about her, as a journalist myself, is that when you do look at the books and you look at the, the evidence in the back, in the rear of the book, the evidence to the patents or the patents, as we say. I mean, she's done her homework. I mean, the things they've patented. I mean, it's mind-blowing stuff, really. And I've, I, I do believe, yes, it's transhumanism. It, it is ultimately transhumanism, a technocratic society they want to build where we, we are not. I mean, we know what we are anyway. We are spiritual beings having, having an experience as. And they want to take us away from that and basically turn us into hybrid human machines. And this is a stated aim by a lot of these people, you know. And they'll try and sell this benevolently, they'll try and sell it through, you know, we'll make it so much better to be human, we'll cure all of these diseases, you know, we'll hook us all up to, uh, we'll all become a hive mind, we will know everything. Our experiences of life will be utopia, it will be utopia, they will tell us. And you'll want for nothing, and need nothing. We'll give it to you. We'll, we'll download it to you. That's where it's heading. Uh, you were listening to Alana Freeland. Right, that's it for me. Thank you so much, by the way, to Mandy Gall. Thank you, Mandy, uh, from the Irish Freedom Party. And once again, thanks to Alana Freeland. The Papers podcast will be online tomorrow early, as it always is. And the Richie Allen Show will be back tomorrow, Thursday, at 4 o'clock UK time. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock UK time. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, then. I've been the BBG. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Bye.